0: Three, two, one. Here
1: we go. You are now listening to the Shalena Fultz Talk Show, where I share stories of women who have overcome opposition and evolved into amazing entrepreneurs and powerful leaders. As a former event planner of 10 years, I am now infusing events with my exciting energy as an MC and host. Motherhood also compelled me to build a home-based business. I am the founder and owner of HBCU Legacy Fashion, a kids' boutique that builds awareness around HBCUs while giving back through scholarships. You can learn more at hbculegacyfashion.com. Now that we're acquainted, let's get into the show. Brianna Lauren is a mother of two, author and filmmaker from Washington, D.C., residing in Greensboro, North Carolina. She started writing poems, plays, and stories as a child, and today her healing stories are changing lives. Brianna's purpose is to create stories, characters, and content that positively impact the lives of others while changing the narrative one keystroke at a time. Help me welcome Brianna Lauren. Brianna, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you. I would like to start off by asking, what did eight-year-old Brianna want to be when she grew up?
0: Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. And um, eight-year-old me wanted to be a writer, actually, and an actress. So one out of two isn't bad. <laughs>
1: You sound like eight-year-old eight me, because I definitely wanted to do acting, like, all my life, so, um, but, I mean, you do, you do some acting, right? Like, you've yeah, written stuff. You,
0: yeah, now that you said that, that is true. Uh, I was in my own short film and stuff, and and I've been in things before, but I guess I'm just not, like, a professional actress yet. Like, that's not, like, my full-time gig, but I'm hoping one day, um, I will be able to say that but yeah I have dabbled in acting so yeah you're right actually
1: (laughs) yes you have so you actually are you know you're actually pursuing and actually doing those things that you wanted to do eight years old because a lot of people when they were like eight they dreamed of doing something and then I don't know if you know, naysayers or reality, their reality or what other people thought, you know, was best for them kicked in and those dreams just kind of died. But it's great to see people like you and I like actually still following those dreams. And so I wanna talk about like your books and how you became an author and just like all of that good stuff. I have a couple of your books for my kids. And the first one I think that you wrote was the um Brie Brand New Baby Brother. And yeah. I used to read it to my son all the time. I don't even know if I was pregnant with Rosario yet. I think, I don't even know if I was yet, but I know for sure once I did become, when I bought it, I don't know if I was pregnant yet, but I know for sure once I did become pregnant with her, I was always reading it to him. And then when I was pregnant with Cairo, I was always reading it to Rosario because it kind of fit more. <laughs> so let's <Yeah>. go <laughs> from there, like, you know, you're an Aggie, you went to A&T, yes, Aggie Five, <laughs> in the same class, so let's start like from college and like what you were studying in college to becoming an author and publishing like your first book.
0: Okay so um when I attended North Carolina a or should I say North Carolina Agricultural and Technical mm-hmm. State University okay. I <laughs> majored um and well I got received my bachelor's of science in sport science and business administration so absolutely nothing to do with writing, but uh, everything to do with like learning who I was and understanding who I was and seeing the beauty um, of being Black. And, you know, that really helped me on my journey of just really understanding who I am and finding my purpose and everything. Um, So that definitely played a huge part in that as well as the people that I met um, at ANT, just seeing them do the different things that they wanted to do and pursuing those things. Um, even, you know, I want to say fearlessly, but I think most people don't pursue things fearlessly. They pursue it while they're afraid and they get that courage and that confidence along the way. So and when I was in college, I really wasn't doing as much writing as I was prior to that you know I did a lot of writing when I was younger when I was little when I was in middle school high school elementary school and all that and when I got to college it just like you said like you know naysayers and things before I got to college people were like well you know you have to pick a major that's realistic you have to um go to school so and get a degree so you can graduate make money have a job get a family or make a family or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> and um get a husband and everything. So those were like my goals. Like, okay, well, I have to be a real realistic while I'm here. Although I'm sure they did not expect me to pursue something in sports. Um, but, you know, and then after graduating from college I was kind of like lost. Cause I'm like, okay, now what? What am I supposed to do now? Like I've, I've done, I've gotten a degree. I've graduated with a bazillion dollars in student loan debt. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And I was really lost. And then I went to a point of just thinking back to the things that brought me joy throughout my life or things that I went to uh, or kind of like my default, which was writing. And so I decided to just kind of give that a try. And I mean, it, it felt like when you leave somewhere or you leave home and you go somewhere, for like a long period of time. And then that feeling of when you come back home, that's how it felt when I got back to my Ooh, writing. Yeah. And, and it, it just felt, felt so great. right. Like
1: you were supposed to yes, be here. Yes,
0: exactly, like exactly. And so, and I just stuck with that. And then I saw one of my um, good friends from high school has started her publishing company because she was, a, she was already an author. And when I tell you she's a phenomenal writer cause even in high school, we had um, this writing class together. Mm-hmm. And she wrote this poem that, like, blew me away. I was like, wow, I want to write like that when I grow up. (laughs) And we're the same age. But she's a year older than me. But either way, when she and then she ended up becoming a published author. She had a children's book. And then she decided to start her own publishing company because she didn't really like the way it went when she published her book. Mm. And she wanted to give authors an alternative. So when I saw that, I was like well, this is my chance, like, let me write this book, and I wanted it to be based on myself and my brother, and Breeby is my nickname, that's my mom calls me, and so that's how Breeby's brand new baby brother was born, and, you know, I wrote it, and I sent it to her, I was like, will you look at this for me, (laughs) like, hoping that it would, (laughs) she would like it, she was like, I love this, we have to publish it, I was like, yay, and then in less than 30 days, I was a published author,
1: Wow. What year was that?
0: 2016. Yeah. Well actually I wrote it in 2015 and but I didn't I don't think I published it. I mean I published it right away but you can choose like your release date. So I didn't have it released until 2016 but I wrote it in 2015. Okay. The end of 2015.
1: So that there was a few years between graduating and becoming like a published author so like in between that time were you like working on your writings and like creating a collection or what were you doing?
0: No I was working I was I was doing what I thought I was going to be doing like for the rest of my life I was working in athletics which went along with my um, degree I was working for Auntie's athletics department so mostly I was with football so total with being in school and out of school I worked there for probably about 10 or 11 years and yeah and I just knew that's what I was going to be that's why you
1: stayed in Greensboro because you're from yeah so oh wow okay
0: and I just knew I was going to be doing working in athletics forever but and as much as I loved my job I enjoyed the travel Mm -hmm. you know um they didn't pay me enough Uh, I would have uh, enjoyed that being paid more Um, but you know the free clothes shoes and all that stuff and just the fun we had and the family that we were able to build you know I loved that but I wasn't fulfilled and that's you know that's when I started to just feel really lost because um, people would come back for like homecoming and stuff and they're like you're still here I'm like, yeah, but I work here. It's not like I'm just hanging out, you know? Right. And then, um, yeah, so it, it was, it was a, some time between that, but, I, and I was not spending that time writing. I was just I had lost sight of really all of that. Um, I might have written here and there, but it was more like um, just to get things out on paper. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm going to write a book or I'm a poet or anything like that I was just like regular.
1: okay so then at what point were you like I have to follow this dream like I can't sit here and just let it continue to die
0: when I found out I was pregnant with my son who was born in 2016 uh, but I found out in 2015 of course <laughs> that I wasn't pregnant and I was just like man like how am I gonna teach him to go after his dreams how am I gonna teach him how to walk in his purpose and you know be everything he was created to be if I'm not living that and I wanted to be an example for him I wanted to be like the best version of myself for my child and um, yeah so that's really you know what kind of really made me reevaluate everything and realize just how lost I was and how far I had gone from who I was I guess
1: yeah and um, so then you wrote, Pretty, Pretty Brown Girl, or is it Pretty, Pretty Black Girl?
0: Yeah, Pretty, Pretty Black okay. Girl.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I, I had that one, because I bought that one for my daughter, and I think that one probably came out the year she was born, like 2018, maybe?
0: Yeah, it came out 2018. Yeah, yeah I believe so. Yeah,
1: okay, so what was the inspiration behind that book?
0: Well, prior to writing that, I was um, in a very, like, extremely deep depression Mm -hmm. and I was struggling okay (laughs) like trying to just little things you know trying to get out of the bed um to live my life basically like just taking care of myself like I was able to do because at the time my son was um a toddler uh well technically I guess he's still considered one but he was younger then and so I was able to like do things for him but when it came to me it just I just could not bring myself to do things, and I was, um, also, I was pregnant with my daughter, Bella, and I was just, like, a mess. I didn't see, like, I want to say like that light at the end of the tunnel, I just felt like it was going to be like that forever. And it was really scary because I I was, I didn't tell anybody what I was going through for a long time because I figured people would just be like, oh, it's just hormones or oh, it's just because you're pregnant or whatever. But it was scary. And then I finally like told my husband because it got to a point where I was missing so much work. My Um, paycheck after taxes and stuff was $26. Wow. Yeah. And I definitely had to tell him because I, I didn't tell him before. And I was just like, I wasn't making it to work. So my, um, my checks were smaller. And so anything that, um, I was helping with, you know, helping take care of bill wise, I would just put it on my credit card. So then I was building up right all this credit card debt and 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 it was just everything was just falling on me you know I just felt like this heavy weight and I didn't think that I could deal with it on my own and I would write like these little things to myself these little notes and stuff that just to encourage myself and you know eventually I was able to go to therapy I did say something I told my husband he didn't really know what to do but he was like uh you should probably like like get help and <laughs> <Again. laughs> yeah right so but i mean one thing he didn't make sure he did was he made sure every sunday um, no matter how i was feeling i if i didn't want to get out of the bed it didn't matter he made sure we went to church like every sunday and that definitely helped me and in addition my therapist helped me because you know she was like it's not all in your head you're not and you're in the you're in the right place but you're also in a safe place and we're gonna heal together like you don't have to be afraid you're not alone and this is not something that you have to go through alone I am here you know and I was just like you know I blessed out crying I'm a softy <laughs> I was like okay she was like I got you and as a black woman and that's what I needed like My OB was a black woman, and so when I told her, like, "Hey, you know, I need help," but I I don't feel like what I'm going through is normal, and you know, I'm telling her what's going on, and I'm boo hooing and stuff, because I was crying in the shower, because I didn't want my husband or my my son to hear me, you know, and I just felt like they deserved better, and I felt like my daughter who I was pregnant with deserved better. And but once I was out of that place, and I looked at like the little notes that I was writing myself, and like little love notes, I guess, encouraging things. I was like, wow, like, I don't even realize I didn't realize at the time how powerful that powerful that was. But, you know, just reading over them after I was out of that place, made me cry all over again. And I put those in the book, because I felt like, Those are things not only that I needed to hear as an adult, but things I needed to hear, you know, growing up throughout my life, especially when I was in a lot of places where um, predominantly white spaces. So, places where I, you know, was told I was, or people were surprised if I was articulate or if I, spoke incorrect English or if I was smart you know they're just like surprised or you know places where you're considered pretty for a black girl and not just pretty not just beautiful not for who you are but for a black girl Mm -hmm. you know so and I put all those things in there that I needed to hear throughout my life as well as the things that I said to myself in that space and so that book was written from a place of healing and at first I was like oh I'm gonna publish this like oh. and because someone told me you know when I read it to them they were like oh well maybe you know this was just for your healing and maybe it wasn't meant for a book and then I was like oh maybe they're right and then I was like but also maybe they're wrong <laughs> so I'm gonna ask Ashley that's my publisher from my first book uh-huh. and she was like no girl this needs to be a book this is for somebody this is not just for you Right. So that's then right. she published it for me. I mean through her um company. So that's what I came wow. from.
1: That's a that's a really great story. Like behind, I mean, obviously during the time, I'm sure it wasn't great. But the fact that right. it was like a part of your healing process, and now it can help to heal like other people. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you didn't listen to that very limited belief, mm-hmm. uh, because you know. Like you said before, people can mean well, yeah. but their mindset okay. can also be very limiting. And definitely that's so good that you like went out and published it. So you're in a happier place and you have a, a new
0: book. Tell <laughs> me all about Edge Control. So um Edge Control for the Soul is a book of poetry. And that is actually like throughout my life. Um it's poetry that's been written throughout my life so high school uh college now and um it just really takes it 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 combines the journey of self-discovery with like the natural hair journey so all of the poems have something that relate to natural hair um like leave-in or um hair loss or low manipulation just um, shrinkage they all have titles that relate to that and then the body of the poem relates to that as well um, so it's not just like random names <laughs> of them, but it, it goes with it as well and yeah I just it, it really is literally my journey of self-discovery in a book and I just thought that was really cool to be able to put that together and I did that you know during the pandemic so Um, Yeah, it was really exciting putting that together and reading, like, my old poetry. Mm -hmm. Some of it, I was looking like, oh, I thought this was good. This is not good. (laughs) This was not good. But (laughs) so I picked out the good stuff and put that in there. I was like, oh, this is raggedy. But (laughs) (laughs) it was was all good. (laughs) It it may have been for the level of writer I was at that time. But (laughs) now I'm just kind of like, oh, Okay. But um, but some of it was surprisingly good. I was like, "Oh, I wrote that. I, didn't, I didn't make sure." <laughs> yes. I didn't make my own stuff. I'm over here snapping, <laughs> reading my own stuff. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's what that is about. And yeah, I really love it because I think there's a poem in there for everyone. Um, that every, especially Black women, every Black woman can relate to. Um, there's one called um, "Save Your Edges." And that just speaks to like not sacrificing yourself and your mental health and your well being and just for, you know, for anybody really. And it says in there, it's not just, this does not apply to like just some man. This is for anyone, man, woman, it doesn't matter. Like there are certain things you shouldn't sacrifice, especially for people who don't love you enough to not make you sacrifice those things in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because if someone genuinely loves you and cares about you and, wants the best for you they're certain they should not want you to sacrifice your mental health for them
1: i love it yeah. save your edges that was so creative oh my god <laughs> Thank you. so where can these books be purchased
0: and they can per- be purchased on my website which is brianna b r i a n n a l a r e n b-r-i-a-n-n-a-l-a-r-e-n.com and they're also available on amazon barnes and noble and recently I just saw that um edge control for the soul is available on walmart.com I was like what oh wow okay awesome. yeah <laughs> that's yeah. so cool I love I it published that one so I was excited to see that on there I was like okay
1: you self-published this last book
0: mm-hmm oh, okay, yeah.
1: nice awesome yeah All right. Well, I always like for everyone to leave the audience with their favorite quote or like a a motto that
0: they live by. Okay, so my favorite quote is by Maya Angelou. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I think that is I live by that. Like, literally, I always try to think about how something I do is going to make someone else feel and like the ripple effect. So there's certain things I don't say, you know, because you can't take things back. There's certain things I don't do to people, even when, you know, it has been done to me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, you never know, like, number one, what people are going through. And number two, the impact that your words or your actions will have on other people. you know and a lot of times they may not remember what they did or said to provoke that but they remember like what you did in that moment
1: yeah that's I agree 100% Rihanna you are such a beautiful soul I love that you use your writings to heal and to motivate and inspire and thank you again so much for being here today
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. And I love all that you're doing and accomplishing, especially, you know, not to say like as a mom, but as a mom, because, you know, know, so many times, definitely, you know, because so many times people make you feel like once you become a mom, like your life is over and you can't do things for yourself. It's only about your kids. And I definitely think that you are an, a prime example of the fact that that is not true.
1: Oh, I appreciate that because I try and it's exhausting. You know it how it is. You have multiples, so it's a lot of work.
0: Definitely. <laughs> it is. It is. But it's worth it because they'll be looking up to you like, well, my mom did this, so I can do this. And my mom did that. And she was this, this, and that. That's a piece of cake for me because you've already paved the way for them. That's exactly why I'm doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm, me too. <laughs> All
1: right, well, I will be posting this soon and um, I'll make sure you know when it's posted and I'll like put your links and everything down below. So, okay. okay.
0: thank you. Thank you for <laughs> thinking of me.
1: Yes, have a good day. You too. bye okay. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, take a screenshot, tag Shalena Folks on Instagram and let me know what your favorite part was. And never forget, you're doing your best and your best is good enough. I'll see you next week, same time, same place.